Hi everyone, welcome to another Sunday Zoom meeting and this week we are definitely going to stay on track and go back to our miracle principles and um, get a few of them sorted. So let me pull them up here. And I think we've gone to miracle principle 17. So today we're going to start from miracle principle number 18. Okay, so like we did before, I think what we'll do is we'll take it one miracle principle at a time. And if you would, after I've given my thoughts on the miracle principle, if you'd like to ask any questions, uh, by all means, do so. I'll open it up for questions at the end of each principle. Um, just for this portion, um, do please keep your questions on, on point. Um, keep your questions relevant to the miracle principle that we're on. And we leave time at the end for general discussion about forgiveness and um, more general um, metaphysics. Right. Miracle principle number 18. <clears throat> a miracle is a service. It is the maximal service you can render to another. It is a way of loving your neighbor as yourself. You recognize your own and your neighbor's worth simultaneously. Uh, this is, um, yeah, so really the miracle is telling us, it's revealing to us that we're joined with our brother. It's really important not to think that a miracle joins you with your brother, because that would, um, imply that, that minds are not always joined as we've covered in, uh, three weeks ago, uh, we talk, talked about the fact that the ego is one, but sorry, the ego is legion, but the Holy Spirit is one. Okay, so there's really just one right mind. Um, and and the miracle is where we fall back from our wrong mind to be a non-judgmental observer of our wrong mind, which makes us right-minded. And, and from that place of right-mindedness, where we know we're not the insane voice talking to itself in our mind, we're not that self we made. We're not that separate self. We fall back into this, this witness position, this noticer. And from that place, we know this is what all my brothers are. And so that's one of the important uh, takeaways from this miracle principle is that it reveals the fact that the Holy Spirit is one. And that's what's in all minds. And that's why all minds are joined. Because, because ultimately the miracle establishes that we share the same being. There's just one Christ. Lots of egos. <laughs> but at no point in time do egos actually exist at all. Um, you recognize your own and your neighbor's worth simultaneously. And this is where we understand that our worth is established by God. And so it wouldn't be possible um, that, that I am holier than you or that you are holier than me. That would be based on differences of egos, which mean nothing. So I fall back into the place of holiness in my mind um, to know what I am. And from there, I know what you are, which is the same thing. We share the same being. 
so you recognize your own and your neighbor's worth simultaneously. Um, in terms of it is the maximal service you can render to another, um, what it's saying is that it is a service by one who is not holier, but just temporarily in his right mind for someone who is not unholy, holier, but someone who is temporarily in his wrong mind and thinks he's a body and an insane voice talking to itself. So you fall back from that identification with an ego identity into what you are that can be aware of the ego identity without judgment and noticer. Uh, and from there, you see what your brother is. And because all minds are joined, that has an effect on your brother's mind. What the effect is, is none of our business. <laughs> That's entirely up to the Holy Spirit. Um, it does not mean that our brother is suddenly going to no longer be lame and walk or so no longer be blind and, and, and see. Um, if we were in charge of that, well, it would be a mess because we don't know what anything is for. We don't know the purpose of someone's lameness. We don't know the purpose of someone's blindness. You know, when we get into this idea that, you know, I'm going to do this with the course and then I'm going to go out there and I'm going to heal the world. How would you know what to heal? Um, how would you know what to fix and what not to fix? You know, how, how could I know that someone's blindness isn't um, an integral part of their atonement path? Um, so, so our job is choosing the miracle, which means I disidentify with a body and an insane voice talking to itself. Um, and, and from this space, this seat of self, right-minded self, I see you as the same right-minded self, despite what your ego and your body is doing. And then the extension of that miracle through me, that's the Holy Spirit will use it. Our job is to be a conduit. So our job is not to do anything. You know, in terms of what happens with the illusion, bodies, egos, separate selves, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Um, and, and it's incredibly important in the introduction to the forgiveness section in the Song of Prayer, um, Jesus says forgiveness should not be given undue importance. Um, so if you're, if, if you're concerned with the world and what's going to happen in the world, you're not miracle-minded. You, you're, you're making the error real and then trying to fix it and checking to see if it's been fixed. So that's wrong-minded. Um, your job is to see the perfection and invulnerability of Christ shining behind all the deeply distressing and disturbing images in the world. You don't make the disturbing and distressing images real. Um, you're seeing the light of Christ shining behind all it. It's, it's, it's the holy, innocent screen, movie screen, on which a harmless movie is playing. And when you do that, it gives the Holy Spirit an opportunity through you to make some changes to the scene. 
But if you think that's important, you're not a conduit anymore. What's important is that you're joined with the Holy Spirit and not your ego. That is your only job. How the Holy Spirit tweaks the, the script for people's um, atonement path, you wouldn't know what anything is for. So we should have no expectation of what happens in, in the movie. Um, because everything is for forgiveness. The Holy Spirit is using everything to awaken God's son to God. Okay, would anyone like to ask any questions about miracle principle number 18? If you would like to put a hand up or type something in the chat box. Are we good, Eli? Haven't got the um, chat box. Jennifer on. is raising her hand like this. Go ahead, Jennifer Harvey. Oh, thanks. Um, Hi, morning, Jennifer. Morning. Uh, just to say thank you for the clarification on the, and I could have read it myself, but didn't, uh, just about <laughs> whether you see it in yourself first or your neighbor first, because I would, even on the dog walk yesterday, I was like, do I, did I see it in my sister or did I see it myself first? And I couldn't <laughs> find the answer. And uh, um, this answers it. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, it's always fall back because again, there's only ever, I mean, if we think there's a problem, it's because I'm in my wrong mind because my right mind doesn't believe in problems. So only my wrong mind believes in problems, mine or anyone else's. Um, only when I have attacked the Christ in myself um, to identify as an insane voice talking to itself and its body, at that point then um, I will see everyone else as a body and an insane voice talking to itself. Um, so it's our, our first step is, you know, always remembering that we have one problem, which is the decision to divorce ourselves from the Holy Spirit in our minds, to not be a non-judgmental observer with him, and to identify with this insane, judging, um, crazy voice in our head. So our, our first step is always falling back. Um, but I, I think the advantage of, um, of our brother is that what you get to notice is you get to notice your judgments or your pity or your um discomforts or your um irritations and and instantly you go oh and i'm a wrong mind i think i'm the insane voice talking to itself i'm believing it's nonsense mm. and you fall back so you fall back into your seat of self and all you have to do for that is become the noticer who is the one that's aware of these judgments happening in my wrong mind? Thank you. And, and thank you for yeah. the reminder of the word pity as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Christ doesn't need to be pitied. That's right. Thank you. Again, I, I know most of you have been with me a while, but if anyone is coming in uh, for the first time, that does not mean you turn coals to suffering in the world. Um, you know, quite the contrary. But, you know, where we have compassion is for our brothers that think that they are an insane voice talking to itself and, and its body and therefore are suffering. And, and this is where Jesus talks about the maximal service you can render for a brother is that, you know, he has this uh, belief of what he is. And in your mind, you refuse to share that belief. You know, and Jesus says, for someone to be sick, two minds have to agree. 
Um, and so the, the root of all sickness is separateness, believing I'm separate, believing I am this individual insane voice talking to itself in my mind with problems and anxiety. Um, and um, so ultimately our service to our brother is that we refuse to agree. That does not mean we wouldn't comfort someone in their hospital bed, uh, that we wouldn't offer hope. Uh, it does not mean any of that. Um, because, you know, the, the miracle, you know, um, expresses itself and love expresses itself in the way someone is ready to receive that. Um, yeah. So, so yes, I, I think the value of a brother is we notice our pity, judgments, irritation, annoyance um, uh, happening. And yeah, that's where our brother is our savior. And we realize I'm in my wrong mind. I think I'm the insane voice talking to itself. I think I'm a body. I think my brother's a body. Something must be wrong. And I fall back and I become the noticer of the insane voice talking to itself in my mind. I do not silence the insane voice talking to myself itself in my mind. Good luck with that. Um, all I have to do is be a witness to it. And from that place, I know what I am. I'm in the seat of self. And from that place, I know this is where everyone else is, because we're one. There's one Christ. Yeah. Thank you for that question, Jennifer. Uh, Marcia. Marcia. Yes, Marcia. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to unmute yourself and go ahead? Just to reiterate, I, this mm -hmm. is fantastic. I, I love, I, I, I mean, what you're saying just makes it even stronger you know we've read this so many times and you know I, at least for me I, I would gloss over it and go oh, yeah okay but um <laughs> we've all done yeah, that <laughs> I agree with that yeah it's nice but wow you know what you were just saying I just want to reiterate um I have a really good friend we're on the phone at least twice a week she lives around the block from me and We've always sort of agreed uh, on political things, and but mostly, you know, we just like jewelry and clothes and hairstyles and makeup. And well, it's already been almost two weeks when she proverbially hung hung up on me and got mad. But I also had to um, realize my own part in it. We were having a discussion. We're not speaking now. And at first I'm thinking, well, I'll just let her whirl, you know, and, but more and more, I'm realizing what you're saying. I am a conduit for the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I step back and do nothing. Yes, and I need to do nothing. <laughs> I love it because I don't have to worry about if she's ever going to speak to me again, or if I'm ever going to speak to her again. I have no idea and I have no investment in it. Um, all I know is that I have been identifying with the agony in her mind of her own self-hatred. And, and, and that's how, you know, I, I understand. And so I don't need to make her, I don't even know if it's coming out right, but she is me and I am her. And even though I can't really feel love, I just will step, you've mentioned so much about being the noticer 
and I notice my ego thoughts and then I drop it right away and I just give it to the Holy Spirit. So this is a service. It's not something like I'm doing. It's something I'm let the Holy, letting the Holy Spirit do through me. But yes, I have to but agree. I have to agree to it. Yes. I mean, what you need to do is you need to undo separateness. That we're not separate, that we share the same being. That has to be where you're connected in your mind. Now, as soon as you identify as the noticer of your thoughts instead of the thinker of your thoughts, um, from that space, you'll just know that we all share the same being. Um, I've been kind of struggling with being the noticer of the noticer. You know, it. And, and no, no, but to... yeah. Again, uh, there's been a few gymnastics, mental gymnastics on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so again, but I think we... I get it now. I think I. Get okay, it. so yeah. notice the noticer means that you are noticing that you are the noticer and not what you're noticing. Right. Got it. Yeah. yeah. So thought is happening. Well, well, here's what happens. I mean, you know, guilt um, is inside of us. Uh, the world comes in through our eyes. It stirs up our guilt. And then the insane voice talking to itself is giving the job of how do we manage this to try and stay a relatively happy ego? And the insane voice in our head is saying, okay, well, it's not my guilt. It's yours. <laughs> and, um, yeah. you know, I didn't do it. It was you. And uh, you said yeah. it first mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, the guilt that's coming up is getting managed by the, that's the purpose of the insane voice talking to itself in our mind to manage our guilt and to seek out things that will be in our life, a cover over our self-hatred. So we don't have to look at it. Um, like special love relationships and like goals and dreams and ambitions and things that we're driven by. Um, and then the other job of the insane voice talking to itself is to avoid the things we've decided we don't want to deal with because it stirs up our guilt too much. Um, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you're stepping back and you are becoming the noticer of what's going on in your wrong mind with Jesus of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and that's our identity is the noticer. So we're stepping back and just watching, you know, um, mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. these fireworks that are going on inside mm -hmm. of us. The world yeah. comes in, our guilt gets stimulated because up to the insane right. voice talking to itself, it immediately scrambles to find someone to blame and to project it out onto and go, right. you did this to me. Um, and we're stepping back as the noticer of this, the non-judgmental witness to it. You know, and merely... Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, well, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, I mean, I've always read that part, Jesus says, whoever is more sane at the time yes. has the responsibility. Yeah. And now it's bringing this home even better. It's not that I'm more sane than she is, but it's that I, I'm, I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. And I don't know, I can't judge. I mean, I don't think she even believes in anything but that that's a judgment but i don't know you know and who knows maybe you know maybe this is a great healing for her too yes i, I can't judge imp it important to bear in mind marcia is not a healing conduit for the holy spirit uh marcia is the block in the place so you have to step out of marcia and all of her opinions right. all based on the past all based on illusions all based on lies like the fact that 
Christ's body um, and separate and shattered. Um, so Marcia isn't the conduit for the Holy Spirit. And so so it's it's about understanding as Marcia, you can do nothing because <laughs> Marcia is your ego right. identity. It's about it's about remembering mm -hmm. what you are. You're not Marcia. You're the light of the world. Marcia is not the light of the world. Marcia is the veil over the light of the world. You step, you fall back. You fall back. You understand that you're not a body. That's Jesus's most repeated expression in the entire course. I'm not a body. I'm free. I'm still as God created me. You know, he also says, you know, um, God's son can suffer nothing and I am his son. Well, that's not talking about Marcia or Keith because they can suffer, you know, <laughs> to their heart's content. And so it, it means I'm not Keith and I'm not Marcia. And so I step out of um the assumed limitation of ego and i step back into my identity as spirit where i'm invulnerable mm -hmm. and that is the light of the world because that is the light in you and as that light you know um blazes into your awareness you understand that's the light in everyone yeah Perfect. and so you know with the situation with your friend um it's important to understand that you you share the same being you can't be separate that's what's true you know um and 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 i think you know the sole purpose of what's happening is for your atonement lessons your enlightenment lessons marcia that's that's the sole purpose it has this this thing and so what you want to do is watch how your guilt gets stirred up and how your mind tries to manage your guilt by saying well you did this and okay i might have done that but you did this uh you want to watch that and you want to step back and not identify with it you want to just see that you're because it's not you know there's only we're concerned with your guilt because <laughs> she's christ um there's no guilt in her at all unless you've chosen to be an ego and now need her to be an ego um in order that you can feel better about yourself as an ego so it's stepping out of ego it's stepping out of Marcia. um the awareness of Marcia isn't Marcia. the part of your mind that can look at Marcia without judging her or justifying her isn't isn't Marcia. and that's the light of the world that's what you step back into and that's what you see in everyone else oh. yeah beautiful yeah. So whether whether she talks to you or not is irrelevant because you are mm -hmm. you are you you are the same being. You're Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. Strictly yeah. speaking, it's the Holy Spirit within consciousness, but the Holy Spirit is the memory of what Christ is. Thank you, Marcia. Uh, Doug, you. would you like to? My pleasure. Doug, would you like to take yourself off mute and uh, fire ahead? The stage is yours. Yes, um, I've noticed that. Uh, over the past several months, this right-mindedness uh, connection with Holy Spirit, uh, so much time in just this sense of deep oneness and love, it's, you know, overwhelmingly beautiful, this connection. Uh, and yet, apparently, this upsurgence in ego lately very strong i think like the strongest i've ever had it in my life mm -hmm. um you know it feels like a struggle between almost life and death itself it's so strong the 
kind of presentation this ego is giving me. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, uh, what would you recommend? Just continuing along with the forgiveness process. Um, yes. Last night in the past several nights, I've been working with Jesus, you know, and really just putting it all out there, allowing myself to, you know, which I do regularly, you know, hold nothing back, really expose all my fears, all my weaknesses, all my challenges, and um, and just give it all to Jesus. And there, in that time, uh, I feel, you know, his loving hand. I feel deep forgiveness. I feel I'm back. You know, all of a sudden, it's just like that. You know, I'm just back. Uh, but a skill, it feels a little schizophrenic in terms of being completely connected and then completely cut off. Thank you. That's my my question and my statement. Thanks, Doug. I'm glad you asked that question. It's an excellent question. Um, there's no problem here. Um, this is the path to the real world. Um, it's very important to understand our job is not to make our ego okay. Our ego will never be okay. Um, an ego is based on separateness. And the instant we identify as an ego and believe I am this separate thing, um, that means heaven was destroyed, God was attacked. That's what that means because you know there's either separateness or there's oneness. It's it's one or the other. You can't have a little bit of both. And and as soon as I identify as this separate thing, I plunge into this um, pool of guilt and fear. Um, and because that's what the ego is. So you know until you're in the real world, uh, Doug. <laughs> um, there's no well. I mean when your ego's gone, but there's no. There's no point ever uh, where the ego is okay. And it's really important to understand that the practice of the course is not going around um, with no guilt coming up and no fear coming up. Um, You know, if that's not happening, then how do you undo it? Okay. It's got to happen. It's got to come up. Um, You know... of intensity that's just a judgment correct it is yeah because there's no hierarchy of illusions yeah absolutely um but um I'm, i would say um the first thing is to understand that there's no failure in this this is this is success this is how you do the course um you know it, guilt is like like a splinter in the mind. So if I have a, you know, a splinter in my finger, it will actually, even if the cut heals and the splinter is stuck inside, it will find its way out. And in the same way, um, the guilt that's in your mind, um, the world, because it has been repurposed by the Holy Spirit to bring you home to God, the world is going to do exactly what's needed to push that splinter up. And that's going to feel like fear that's going to feel like um that's going to feel like uh, self-hatred and self-loathing and it's going to feel like murderous rage <laughs> when it's projected and that's great that's the splinter um getting pushed out of your mind and all you have to do is withdraw projection that's all you have to do so you know All you have to do is understand that the only guilt there is, is guilt about what we think we've done to God to be a separate thing. Uh, You know, um, the only sadness there is, is the loss of our innocence. 
as Jesus says in the psychotherapy pamphlet, um, who could weep but for his innocence? These are just projections. The world is just showing us symbols of what's in our mind. Um, and so that's the key to unwinding projection is understanding there is no cause in the world. It's an effect. Um, <clears throat> and so when I say, well, I'm scared of spiders or I'm scared of snakes or I'm afraid of bad health or I'm afraid of these things. That's just a projection. That's just the refusal to look at the guilt of separateness um, and the fear of separateness and instead push it out into the world uh, where it can't be undone um, and say the world's doing this to me. But, also, but we've had such conditioning throughout our lives about this cause and effect. I mean, it's scientifically, all of that has been drilled into me anyway, since early childhood. So it's, it's some, I understand it, what you're saying, but sometimes I think I don't, I don't believe it. That's, that's okay. Listen, um, you, um, <laughs> see, again, we, we will say something like, I don't believe it. That's not entirely true. Um, you are the light of the world. Um, you rest in God. You need do nothing. Um, the insane voice talking to itself in your mind doesn't believe it. Um, but but it's wrong about everything. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to change the mind of the insane voice talking to itself in your mind. It's never going to accept truth. Um, um, and so all you learn how to do is don't believe your thoughts. All right. Okay. And that's crucial. Yeah, that's crucial to unwinding projection, which is where we start with forgiveness. Um, again, you know, my brother and the world are my savior because the Holy Spirit has repurposed them. It's now given me exactly what I need in order to bring up the guilt that needs to be healed, in order to have the splinter begin to push itself out. Um, and... And, and as soon as guilt manifests in the mind, as soon as guilt makes an appearance, uh, the insane voice talking to itself just begins its propaganda and its lies. <laughs> um, and, and, but the ego isn't you. You're not the insane voice talking to itself right. in your mind. That's the crucial thing we need to understand about the Course. As Jesus says in black and white, the ego is not you. You're what's right. with him. And it's become so clear it's become so clear of my right mindedness and my wrong mindedness. When I'm in my right mind, everything you're saying is completely clear. I feel so much joy, so much love, yeah. so much yeah. unity. And so yeah. I know that I have that operating. That's so I, I, mean, I thank you for your response there. Yeah. But I mean, Doug, the light is in your mind and you know, the light is in your mind. So like, this is fine. The light will bring you home. Uh, I, I consider my job just bringing okay. people to the experience of the light in their minds because that's the universal experience. Um, but but I think I think just what you need to fine tune for yourself is where you're mixing up the ego with you because <laughs> it's, it's not you. Um, your, your only job is to undo okay. your addiction to believe in your thoughts. Um um, right. They're not your thoughts. Um, they're the ego's thoughts, and 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 they're simply happening in response to guilt that's coming up and everything that ever happened to you. Uh, you know yeah. that that false self, that artificial intelligence, it's just being programmed by everything that ever happened to you and how you responded to it in order to manage your guilt. Like you up. 
Yes, yes. Thank you so but much. But it's not you. Yeah, so it's not you. You don't ever try and fix the insane voice in your head. You don't ever try and fix your guilt. You don't ever try and fix anything like that. You step back and you look at it with Jesus. So instantly, and, right. and you know, and you notice the noticer. You notice that you are the noticer and not what you're noticing. Okay. You know, it, you know, I can hold up, you know, three pictures in front of you. And I can say, have a look at picture number one. Now have a look at picture number two. Now have a look at picture number three and say to you, were you the same person looking at all three photographs? And were you? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not what you're looking at. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know, you're stepping back and you're looking at insane thoughts happening, but you're not what you're looking at. Okay. And that's that's where we fall back. That's the stately calm. That's why, that's that's the me that need do nothing. Now, doesn't mean right. I don't have to do anything to know myself as that, but but in truth, yes. that's what I am and I need do nothing. Yeah. Does that make sense, Doug? Great. Yes, it does. All, all you're doing is looking, looking at your guilt coming up and the way um, thoughts are being used in order to try and manage the guilt rather than have it released. And all you do is you notice that. Oh, great! And yeah. Don't believe the lies in your head, um, and, and 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 pull back the projection. And if you look at that fire, those fireworks going on inside of you with Jesus, um, you know, um, that's that's the end of that guilt that's going on. But but the really crucial part is that you join your perception with His, and that does mean um, accepting that I'm not a body and an insane voice talking to itself. I am the noticer. And I'm right. not what I'm noticing. That's kind of crucial because even if we want to forgive a brother, um, even the notion forgive a brother is forgiveness to destroy because it implies there's something to forgive. Um, Jesus is in his course is saying, you must forgive your brother for what he hasn't done. Now, I can't do that as Keith. <laughs> I can't do that as a body no. because if someone's thumped this body, um, then that's happened. Okay. And then I, I'm, I'm going, okay, well, I'm going to use the course now and I'm going to forgive them for what they did. No forgiveness to destroy useless. Um, and so for me to forgive someone who has, let's say physically assaulted the, this body, I have to step out of identification with being a body. I have to step back into my identity as the noticer, as a non-judgmental observer. Um, and as that, I forgive my brother for what he didn't do because he did nothing to me. Mm. And that's where, that that's the crucial part of that um, forgiveness process is joining joining our perception to his in other words joining with him where i know i'm not a body i've never been a body i never will be a body um and what suffers isn't part of me uh and and that's you know that's not something we'll we'll do straight away um you know really what we mm -hmm. want to do is we, we just want to look and wait and judge not until our fear of not being the insane voice talking to itself and its body diminishes um, and then and then we'll we'll slip into this identification as what's with Jesus. Um, and that should be automatic. Yeah, that should be automatic. We yeah. shouldn't be trying to we shouldn't be trying to like push ourselves into identification with. The, no, 
So, so our job is just simply to look, wait, judge not. That will diminish our fear of not being the ego. And at some point, we will identify as this invisible thing, this formless thing, that's this it. thing outside that's time, it. time and space. Yeah. And from that space, it. we yes. forgive the world for what it didn't do because it had no effect on me. It had an effect that's on it. me in saying yes, I was right. talking to itself and it had an effect on a body. But what has that got to do with me? Yes. Yeah. Very good. You're on the. You're, you're on. Listen. You have the light in your mind, Doug. <laughs> Follow it home. And thanks <laughs> for your do. question. <laughs> you. How are we doing, Eli? Um, okay. Is there anything else? We do have one in the chat. It's from Philomena, mm -hmm. and she asks, "When I become aware of judgment, is stepping back and looking with Jesus?" Is it to discover that the so-called sin is in me? For example, if I judge someone as rude, does it mean I have to look at rudeness in me with Jesus? Or is stepping back with Jesus just uh, let what comes up come and don't touch it? Yeah, <laughs> we don't want to touch it. Uh, we don't want to try and fix it. Um, I, I think I think what you... It's important to understand that the the judgment you've just made about somebody else is a judgment on yourself. Um, and, and I think I, I think even you know we don't need to chase the ego, the circuitous roots of the ego. But I think what you want to notice when there is because um, this will be my focus. What you want to notice is that, you know, you hold a door open for some for someone and they don't thank you. Um, you, do, do you. I mean, even before the judgment, there's a flash of hatred. Now, it might take a while to get in touch with that because we don't really look at that, you know, um, but there's a flash of hatred. Um, you know, in the same way, someone doesn't indicate um, do you say indicate in the in North America or get a different expression? Indicate? Okay, right. Um, what you want to start noticing is that there's a hatred that you now feel towards that person. You know, we'll dress it up and go, they need to, you know, look after other people on the road and why would they not do that? And that's dressing it up. There's a flash of hatred comes up. And, and I think that's what we need to be aware of. Um. And so each time you have that flash of hatred, um, it's to understand that's your self-hatred coming up and getting projected onto someone else, which is the only way you can know about your self-hatred is by seeing it projected out into the world. So there's, so you haven't done something wrong when that happens. Like the, the, that's the course path home is that you notice your hatred for your brother because that's your, that's your hatred and you could never undo it unless it came up and you projected it onto your brother and went, oh my God, okay, here's my hate coming up again. Let me take it back from my brother and understand it's my own. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable though to see uh, that it could be in me. And then I step back further and I say, no, I've never been rude. I don't think I'm rude. And, and, and then the judgment comes again. And uh, I have to step back from that too. So uh, listen, that's the two step home. <laughs> that's the two step yeah. home. Um, you know, um, I mean, you know, 
you you have the oldest guilt in your wrong mind that needs to be undone. So you're going to have to, so I mean, look, you are going to keep falling back. That guilt will make you afraid of the light in your mind. So you will not stay a non-judgmental observer with the Holy Spirit. You will go back to identifying as the insane voice talking to itself and its body. That is inevitable. Um, and, and when that happens, all that guilt is there. And, and then instantly the hungry dogs of fear are sent out to bring back victims, patsies, scapegoats. And, and, straight, and, and the first you're going to know of that is that when, when you have that flash of hatred for someone, that's the first you're going to know about it, right? But that's, that's brilliant. That's how you do the course. So it's in me. Well, Whatever I see is in me, basically. It's in your wrong mind. Yes. Okay. It's in your wrong mind. Uh, it's in your ego, but you, the ego is not you. Understand. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. So shall we move on to our next miracle principle? Keep an eye on the time. Gosh, time goes so fast. We uh, do have right. one more hand up, though. Okay, sorry, I didn't miss that. Annette, <laughs> yes. do you want to go ahead? Annette, uh, yes, I have, I have a question about uh, heal, healing groups. Oh, it sounds funny, doesn't it? It does, <laughs> but we, we'll persist. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah. slowly and yeah. we get uh, Healing groups, we're healing a, a person. Why does it sound like that? <laughs> and so healing groups and healing yeah. a person. And yeah, why does it sound? Healing, healing a person uh, who are sick. Yes. Uh, um, it's like uh, praying for something. Mm -hmm. praying for somebody mm -hmm. yeah um I, you know jesus covers this in the the song of prayer because he says in the beginning um we do sort of like say our prayers like that um you know we pray that a body will recover and we pray that um you know someone's problem will be fixed um and it's where we all start off you know it's the first rung of the ladder of prayer um, but he makes it very clear. So there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's a good place to start because it means that at least you are aware you have a different teacher in your mind rather than the ego, the insane voice talking to itself. Um, and, and, and you're beginning to turn towards that inner teacher. Okay. So it's a good sign and it's the first rung of the ladder, but he also makes it clear as we progress up the rungs that we would understand that it's, it's not really helpful, um, because, your job your job is not to agree with your brother that he is sick no but isn't it uh, okay if you uh, only see your brother uh, perfect uh, healthy and uh, is that okay yeah yes that would be better um that would be better than praying that his sickness be taken away that would be better yeah, yes, okay because yes. it's not making the sickness real so that would definitely be a step in the right direction um again um ultimately if we jump to the you know a higher rung um jesus says that you know sickness is separateness which results in guilt that's what sickness is that's how he defines it right um and what, what his entire point in the course is that what fixes sickness separateness and guilt is joining um so even beyond the idea where i'm seeing my brother as you know um perfectly healthy and all the rest of it a step beyond that um is that 
what I focus on is our the fact that we share the same being, that we're not separate, that we share the same right mind, and everything else is the ego, which isn't real. <laughs> that's that's the that's the real cure Jesus is talking about in the course for sickness is joining. Yes. And so it would be understanding that you and your brother are one. See, again, Jesus says that um, the unhealed healer would see a difference between the healer and the person getting healed. You know, well, I'm well and healthy and you're sick and I'm going to do something for you. And he says, well, OK, well, that's healing to separate. And he wants to teach us um, healing for joining um, and healing through joining. And so um, and so clearly, if I identify as a body and an insane voice talking to itself, um, then I'm not the same as my brother. You know, my body is well and his body is sick. Um, and so there is no perfect equality of healer and recipient, healer and patient, which is what Jesus says. That's that's the, the prerequisite for healing. There must be a perfect equality. So I have to stop identifying as a body. Um, I, I can't identify with a body and be helpful to my brother um, because, because bodies are different. Uh, there's no perfect equality in them. So I have to step back out of my wrong mind which says i'm a body and into this identity as the noticer this non-judgmental observer with the holy spirit and in that identity i know my brother is the same thing okay yes thank you thank you yeah. um and, and 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 that's that's how i'm a conduit now so i have undone my belief in differences and separateness i have undone that and i've restored my awareness of joining which is all jesus asks and you know um and again my job isn't believing that anyone is a body now the insane voice in my head will always think that right i gotta step back and be the noticer of that belief okay but i'm experiencing myself as something which is not a body um and that part of me the holy spirit in me sees the holy spirit in everyone and it's all one Okay, thank yeah. you. Now, if you were a doctor or if you were someone who worked <laughs> with people in a healing capacity, then because you don't believe, because you've done that joining and because you don't believe in bodies, because you don't believe anything needs to be healed or fixed, um, because of that, you may get guidance on how to be of assistance to someone at the level of form. Um, because you um, believe only in the the perfection of Christ, um, then you will become an instrument for making that more true um, in the projection, in the effect, which is the world. Um, so that may happen. But again, if you want to stay miracle mindedness, you can't make that important. It's not. You know, our job is to see the invulnerable innocence and holiness of God's son shining behind all the distressing images. Um, and as you do that, the Holy Spirit will make changes to the distressing 
images. But if you put your focus there, you're not miracle minded anymore. You're no longer a conduit. You're, you're making the illusion important. You're making you're invested in the illusion and, and no longer a conduit. So our job is to understand um, what's true. You know, unity alone is not a thing of dreams. So our job is not to invest in dreams, it's to invest in the unity beyond the dreams, outside the dreams. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit can use us as an instrument for making his changes within people's atonement path, which might be healing or it might not. It might be peacefulness with death or peacefulness with an illness. Or mm -hmm. So again, we don't know what anything is for. Our job is just to be a conduit. Does that make sense? Yes, very much. Yeah. Good. But, but can you sort of sense uh, peace and uh, peace yeah, and light? I, yeah, the trick, the trick is that the healer remembers what he is. Yes. Which, which is peace and love. And then, and from that place knows that's what his brother is. And that's the perfect equality. We're the same. We're not different. Okay. Yeah. So the truth is, so the trick is finding it in yourself and yes. then knowing that's what everyone is and everything else is an illusion, projection, an effect. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Annette. Okay, okay we have more we hands. Have another, another <laughs> hand up. Uh, go, Eliana. Do you want to unmute yourself, Eliana? Yeah. Thank you. I was trying that I wasn't find, finding the microphone here. No uh, Keith, isn't right to say that sometimes we are so focused on the healing in, term, in terms of the world, like healing a disease, a condition, and sometimes the, the healing according to the world happens. I don't know, a disease is cured, is healed. Uh, but if we still don't don't see, don't realize the Christ in the person or in me, is, is it still a miracle or is it magic? If you set out to cure a condition, it's magic. If it you, is, right? Yeah. If you refuse to believe Christ is a body, it's a miracle. Great. And that might have an effect on the body. Yeah, that's right. But I mean, the awareness of that, it keeps with me and with the person, probably. Yeah, if the big mistake. It doesn't occur. Yes, that's the big yeah. mistake. The big mistake okay. is that the big Great. mistake is that you would have chosen the miracle, which is that you refuse to believe Christ's body. And so there's no problem. Um and and then you would start looking to the body for sort of some kind of like proof that there was a miracle. That's that that's a trap. That's that's a massive mistake. Um, because because I have no, I, I do not know what anything is for. I do not know the meaning of anything in someone else's atonement path. You know, I don't know if they on some level have agreed to an illness in order to be a teaching, um, um purpose for other people in their families or for, for, for someone in a hospital. I don't know if they've chosen to do that. Now, if, if they on some level have agreed to that within the atonement, um, then I, I can, you know, turn myself blue in the face trying to, like, you know, see them as Christ or, um, or you know, if I'm misguided to, to heal an illness. Um, um, but it's not going to make a blind bit of difference because that's, 
you know, because there's a purpose for that illness and it's the Holy Spirit's job um, as regards how the expression of a miracle happens. It's not it's not mine. So, again, our job is choosing the miracle, which is knowing I'm not a body, I'm free. I'm still as God created me and all my brothers are the same. Um, that's me choosing the miracle. And then how that's expressed through me is, is none of my concern. Again, I don't want to make the, the image as important. I don't want to make the movie important because uh, now I've lost my right-mindedness. So again, you know, we don't, our focus is not on making it a better movie. Our focus is on seeing the holiness and the innocence and the love of the screen behind the movie. So we're not trying to use miracles to create a new world or a new Jerusalem. That's that, that that's that's not what we're doing. Our job is to see the new world, the well, the, the other worlds, the real world behind this one. We're all as well. And to not believe in the images that are playing in front of it. That's how we're miracle-minded. Now, the Holy Spirit will make some changes, <laughs> um, you know, to, to minds and maybe to bodies um, on, on, in, within the images. But as soon as I think that's important, I've, I've lost my miracle-mindedness. I, I, I think it's about, you know, what happens in form. Form, form is nonsense. My job is to see through form, to see the light beyond the body, the idea that cannot be touched, which is Christ, and to see that shining as the truth behind all the distressing images. My job is not to fix the distressing images, it's to see the truth behind them. And that allows the Holy Spirit to tweak things. Does that make sense? It does. It does. We, we have to be very careful because, yeah, because Jesus, Jesus in the manual talks about, you know, um, should healing be repeated? And, and he's making yeah. this point, you know, that you don't go and check a body and go, oh, the miracle hasn't happened. So he says, no, <laughs> miracles should not be repeated um, because it, it's a changing of your mind. It's a changing of perspective. I mean, look, here's Jesus' definition of a miracle. Um, it looks on devastation, the miracle. It looks on devastation, a sick body, um, someone with, you know, emotional problems, um, someone who is destitute, uh, um, uh, someone who we would consider bad or a criminal, uh, the, the miracle, it looks on that devastation and reminds the mind that what it's seeing is false. And that's it. Anything and that's else it. is required. Yeah. Anything else, is, anything else and you've slipped out of miracle-mindedness. Yeah, because now you're, you're not listening to the miracle anymore. That's telling you what you're seeing is false. Uh, you're now going, oh, let me focus on the false <laughs> and fix it. <laughs> yeah, um, which is that that's not so that's and, and you know, that's that, that's a very common and, and, and easy pitfall for for course students is to think this is about somehow fixing form. No, it's about looking at form and the miracle reminding you that what you see is false because Christ isn't a body and because all is well and I rest in God and I need do nothing. And you hold that of yourself and then you know that of your brother and that shines into his mind as well. Um, and that's your part. 
Great. Yeah. Well, lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Eliana. All right, let's um, let's have a You're go. Free to go there. Move on. Thanks very much. Miracle Principle number nineteen. Let me see. We just did eighteen, didn't we? Yes. Uh, miracles make minds one in God. They depend on cooperation because the sonship is the sum of all that God created. Miracles, therefore, reflect the laws of eternity, not of time. So miracles make minds one in God. In, you know, in truth, miracles remind us of our oneness in God. Um, so they don't sort of establish this. Uh, they establish the existing truth of this that has been veiled from us. So again, this is back to the idea Jesus talks about that um, sickness is separateness and guilt and healing is joining. And, and to join with someone, I have to first take my projections back from them. Um, so that's important um, because again, the miracle doesn't make it true um, that minds are one in God, it establishes what has always been true. We've just been veiling it from ourselves. Um, they depend on cooperation because the sonship is the sum of all that God created. Cooperation means you join with someone. <laughs> okay, that's what cooperation means. Um, and again, you can't join on the level of the body and you can't join on the level of insane voices talking to themselves. Uh, you can only join as the decision maker joined with the Holy Spirit. So letting go of the ego's hand, that doesn't mean you have to turn off the insane voice talking to itself and the worry and the concern and the blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. You just you stop identifying with it. You become a noticer of it happening. Um, you fall back into the arms of Jesus or the Holy Spirit. Um, and then from there, know what I am, my brother is. We're not separate, we're one. Okay, so again, cooperation, Jesus is saying the same thing here. He's just another way of saying you join, which is to say you recognize the fact that you are one. Uh, miracles reflect laws of eternity. Now, there's that thing that's come up a few times, but it's important. Uh, miracles are not eternity. Uh, they are not truth, but they do reflect eternity. They reflect truth in the dream of consciousness. Um, again... They reflect the laws of eternity. So again, they're not following the laws of eternity, but it reflects the laws of eternity with miracles, not of time. Um, so again, forgiveness, Jesus says forgiveness is an earthly form of love. You know, it's not the love of heaven, which is one, um, but it reflects the love of heaven. So forgiveness reflects love. It is the earthly form of love. Right, that was miracle principle number 19. Anyone like to ask a question on that? 
we're good. All right, well, we spent, we've just done two miracle principles, but we need to leave some time for some general um, questions and discussions. So maybe we'll throw it open for that now. Uh, would anyone like to ask any more general metaphysical questions or ask any questions about forgiveness um, or anything else? If you would, throw hey, your please. hand in the air. Hey. Hi, Susan. Hey, Susan. Hi. <laughs> I hate doing that. Hi. Um, so I have a question. When I was, I was on a recent trip and um, in fact, I was trying to climb up the El Duomo stairs <laughs> to get to the top so I could have this fabulous view of Florence. So I'm on the staircase. I got about maybe 200 and some stairs up and it gets starts to get really narrow. And I have this massive claustrophobic attack. And I'm like, okay, gotta go back down. And Keith, I was, I was so aware, like taking it to Jesus, right? That I was in such fear that I couldn't do anything. So it, it was just completely irrelevant. And that, I've asked you this before, but I get mad about this because I'm like, you're taking it to Jesus. You really need help. <laughs> and if you're in fear, it, it's never going to work. And that's correct, right? Yes and no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you do not... Um, you do not have to stop the insane voice talking to you itself in your head talking about fear to go with jesus you just have to stop identifying with it you just need to become the noticer of it happening okay so then i was this is another thing i'm in this train in cinque terre and i'm like the damn thing darn thing stops in the middle of this tunnel right so then I get this claustrophobic stuff coming up again. And I was, again, doing that. But I got some help then. But I still feel like I wasn't doing anything different. I was still in fear. But I did get some peace come over me that enabled me to not have a freak out moment in this tunnel when I wasn't moving. So I'm trying to understand at that point then could i have been more of the observer is that why i got help because i was because I, I i'm not just like randomly okay i'm in fear and whatever i'm so aware that it's guilt and it's my ego but um i'm just trying to figure out when you're in fear the best way to manage no, this so because I, I, got, I hear you saying i hear you saying there was fear in my mind but there was peace at the same time is that what you're saying yes and that's Good. what happened. It was shocked. Okay. I was shocked. That's what you do. So that means you brought your wrong mind to your right mind, which meant means you went to your right mind and you looked on your wrong mind. So you were the so noticer. You were you, okay. you were you were with peace, noticing non-peace. Well, that's your forgiveness formula. So I must have done that correct, even though I was still, it wasn't like I got this relaxed, oh, it's well with the world, but I got some dissipation of that fear. That's how it's going to so, happen. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's such a strange thing to me when you're in pain and you're in fear, how you're stepping back and looking, you know, mm -hmm. it makes it mm -hmm. so much more challenging for me. So at that point, 
even though I was still feeling like my ego mind was like, I'm, I'm afraid Jesus, but I didn't say take the fear. I knew not to do that. But um, clearly, on some level, even though I wasn't aware, I must have been stepping back. Is that what you're telling me? If there was peace in your mind at the same time as the fear, yes. Okay. Well, I, I, I don't know. The fear dissipated to a level that I wasn't having a claustrophobic freak out. So yeah, because the peace I'm still not that. sure. Okay. Don't, don't, don't get lost in intellectualizations about it. And here's what I really want you to uh -huh. understand. Again, your job is not to stop your ego freaking out. That's not your job. Yeah. Please, please right. don't think that, you know, um, that the purpose here is to stop your ego freaking out. No, it's not. Um, it is to disidentify from your ego. You know, again, it's not your job to make your ego okay. Egos are never okay. Okay, there's always something. All right, they're never happy. Okay, so let me... So, yeah, so, 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 so if it's not good, if it's not going to be fear, it's going to be pain. If it's not going to be pain, it's going to be sadness. If it's not going to be sadness, it's going to be something else. I mean, you know, okay. when was the last time your ego didn't have a problem with something? Like, okay, so it ago. doesn't matter that it was claustrophobic. I don't have to be like, why am I? Why did this claustrophobic stuff come up? It doesn't matter no, 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 that no. it's that's, claustrophobic. That's what you need it's to understand. No, 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 no. But yeah, yes, it's your guilt. That that's the key thing to understand. Okay, we always want to undo projection, and projection means this is my guilt coming up. This is the thorn getting pushed out. Okay, that's what I need to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying, why did this happen to me? We we never want to be doing that. Yeah. Um, and we never yeah. want to be saying to the world, you did this to me. <laughs> so that's the two things. We don't want to go, why is this happening? Of course, we know why it's happening, because we are identified with the ego. And within the ego is guilt and fear. So we know why it's there. Yeah. And then the second thing we've got to do is watch, you know, keep an eye on the insane voice talking to itself so it doesn't project it out onto the world and go, you did it to me. Okay, but you did say in one of your, in last week, I think you said that you did tell, because you used to say, I thought you used to say you don't really have to intellectualize it or whatever. But I thought I did hear you say last time that you did sit with the emotions with it. And I had thought you had told us we don't really have to do that. But I thought last no, week no, you, no, you no, were no, saying no, when no, you had No, 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 you, you absolutely let the emotions happen. What you don't have to do is go, is this because of what happened when I was five? And do I need to investigate okay, yes. this instant? So that's just intellectualization. That's just the insane voice talking that's to itself. No, no, no. So what you want okay. to do is you want to look at your guilt coming up uh, without allowing the insane voice talking to itself to run with the ball in terms of managing the guilt and trying to get rid of it. So it doesn't Thank matter. You. Yeah, so the, the why doesn't matter. Um, what matters is Thank that you. you you be the observer of your guilt coming up, the thorn getting pushed out, and that you don't listen to the insane voice in your head telling you why it, why you feel like this. You understand it's your okay, fear of, I got guilt you. of separateness. Yeah, I got confused. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's funny right. how I think I get it, and then I, and then I'm confused again. So all right, listen, that's very very helpful to me. That's the ego's Jedi mind trick. Repetition is absolutely essential for all of us to stay ahead of the ego's Jedi mind trick. So don't worry about that. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I appreciate it, Keith. Thanks.
Thank you, Susan. Anybody else like to raise anything? We're good, Eli? Yeah, there's nothing in the chat. No one has their hand raised. All right, we will do another miracle principle. Last chance for a general question before I open up a miracle principle. All right. Miracles reawaken the awareness that the spirit, not the body, is the altar of truth. This is the recognition that leads to the healing power of the miracle. And this is what we were talking about. Miracles reawaken the awareness that it's the spirit that's true and the body is not. So as soon as I've made a decision and going, oh, here's a body now, I'm, I, I'm a well body and here's a sick body and I'm going to be a holy ego now and I am going to fix this um, body. So I've made the error real and now I'm trying to fix it. So the miracle looks on devastation and reminds the mind that what it sees is false. Christ isn't a body. That's the altar of truth. And that's what heals. So what heals is not healing a body. What heals is knowing Christ isn't a body. Um, elsewhere, Jesus says miracles are shifts into invisibility. Which means I'm not a body. And I'm not this insane voice in my head. I am the noticer of it. I'm formless, invisible outside of time and space. Um, you know, the, the, the message here is that truth and holiness are not in the body, but they are in the mind. Um, spirit. Neither a physical or a psychological body is the altar of truth. So my brother is not his body, uh, what it's doing or what it's thinking. He is what I am when I step back from identifying as a physical and psychological body. When I'm with Jesus. Um, and again, the Holy Spirit is, is not in the world. It's in, the Holy Spirit is in our mind. Holy Spirit's not in the world, um, not in the body, because they don't exist. Um, only the mind needs healing. And crucially, only my mind needs healing. If I think a brother is sick, I'm sick because Christ isn't sick. The noticer isn't sick. The noticer is in me isn't sick and the noticer in my brother isn't sick. The Holy Spirit in me isn't sick. The Holy Spirit in my brother isn't sick. Only the mind needs healing and the only mind that needs healing is mine. Is I think something needs healing. <laughs> if I think there's a problem, I'm in my wrong mind. My right mind knows there's no problems. 
And so again, we come back to that really important principle in the course, which is you have one problem, which is that you have divorced yourself from the Holy Spirit in your mind as a non-judgmental observer, and you've chosen to identify as an ego, a body and an insane voice talking to itself. And you, there's one solution to everything, whether you want to forgive or heal or anything, uh, you undo your decision to identify as a body and an insane voice talking to itself, um, and you fall back into your identity as the noticer, as awareness. Again, you don't have to silence the insane voice in your head. You just got to stop identifying with it, stop taking it seriously, uh, stop making a big deal out of it. Um, the ego isn't you. You are what can behold the ego with no judgment or justification. Okay, um, Andrea, shall we go to Andrea next, Eli? Yes, go okay, ahead Andrea. and unmute yourself. Hi, can you hear me? And we can you, hi, everybody. Hi. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm going back to this whole sickness thing. Um, I've been working with Keith's Q&A, not Keith's, um, Kane's Q&A on illness. You know that one that we've seen quite often on the page. I actually printed, I've transcribed and printed it out for myself. Um, for the first time in my life, I'm dealing with quite a hectic sickness, as you know, as it's defined. And it requires um, quite heavy meds, what I call a sledgehammer, which have especially have effects and stuff, not very nice. Um, and I just noticed that there is just so much fear that comes up in the mind um, regarding sickness. And I've noticed it with people around me of my age, so I'm like 60, nearly 60, that it's almost like a collective thing. Like all of a sudden there's this, I think it's the perception of our like mortality or whatever it is. It seems to become like a, a trend. Anyway, with this thing, I decided the other night, just recognizing all the fear that's coming up, that, okay, the ego on some level that I'm unaware of has made the situation and I'm going to repurpose it and I'm going to use it as I imagine the Holy Spirit would have me use it which is for purposes of healing of mind. Mm -hmm. So I, I hope I'm correct with that, yes, but I just decided that's what I'm going to do because otherwise that's it's it. just like a spiral. It's a spiral. Yeah. It just takes you down. Um, so, yeah, and I've actually, funny enough, just been working with what um, Ken said in that video and just using it again and again. And the most powerful thing he said was, the sickness is in my getting upset because I have the, the symptoms. Yes. Yes. Um, that's the problem. Yeah. So I'm kind of just working with that and just watching my mind. And oh boy, it just goes, it goes hell for leather with, I, I imagine it's almost, I think of it's like a ticker tape, you know, like those things that you yeah. used to get at the bottom of a screen when you're watching mm -hmm. sports. Yeah. Yeah. Say some yeah. bloody commentary. Anyway, mm -hmm. so it comes in, I, it can be like when I first thing I open my eyes in the morning, there it reminds me there's this this sickness vibe going on yep. Yep. Um, and then I've just been falling back and going okay just watching that what has it got to do with the love and peace of God in my mind I will not allow this to take away the love and peace in my mind so I'm just going to work with that and then you yep. said um, you need do nothing I know I know the answer to this but anyway <laughs> like I have to do something because if I don't do something in form like I'm in trouble. The course does yeah. not say, yeah, the course does not say you don't do anything in form. No, okay. no, no. Um, yes. Jesus, 
No, because Jesus, Jesus says that, um, you know, all he's at in chapter two, he spells it out really clearly. He says, as long as you, a part of your mind believes you're a body, then you should use yeah. magic. Um, yeah. Because the last thing a miracle okay. wants to do is precipitate more fear. Fear is what causes all problems. And you don't want yeah. more fear by going, I'm not going to take my medicine or I'm not going to do this. Or, I'm not going to do that. No, Jesus spells that out really clearly in chapter two. As long as a part of you thinks you're a body and who amongst us don't um, use the magic. Yeah, exactly. All he's <laughs> asking you to do is to choose the miracle alongside the magic. You see, yeah. you know, you're, you're going to take the magic and you know that might have an effect on your body um or not but if it does that's not a miracle okay because um you know because because the guilt in your mind <laughs> um responsible for that hasn't gone anywhere it'll just come back up again exactly. it's like whack-a-mole it's just like whack-a-mole um and so and so what you want to do is you want to you see you're not afraid of the sickness. This is what you need to understand, right? The only fear in your mind is the fear of God. Um, but instead of looking at that, we project out a world and we create, you know, we make illness and, you know, we, yeah. um, and, and then we go, no, that's the reason for my fear. Um, it's not because I've chosen separateness. Exactly, exactly. So I've I've been feeling this sort of upwelling of all this crap. Yeah. Um, and then just just following what you've been teaching. In fact, I think you post today or yesterday where somebody asked a question about, you know, all the stuff happening in the world, global warming, AI, and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, what there's no difference between that and dealing with your body, which is sick, because Absolutely. what's the difference? It's the same thing. So the no stuff difference. that's come up in, in my mind, all this fear, so anyway, I can describe it really, which I know is guilt that is actually great because i think i would normally yeah. attribute it to yeah. it's because i'm sick but actually it's yeah. not that mm -hmm. is the projection isn't it mm -hmm. that i'm sick yeah. and the sickness is yeah. making me feel this that's coming up yes um so what do you what do you do with the un okay so it's the upwelling of i sort of use a lot of imagery it works for me mm -hmm. this is an upwelling of the unconscious guilt I like I like to say, okay, there it is. I give it over to you, Holy Spirit. But that's just my thing. Can one do that? Is is that correct? Or do you just watch it and do nothing with it? You want to I step kind of back like, and you want to step back and like watch it. Like the little it. ritual. Yeah. You want to step back and you want to um you want to let Jesus look at it with you. Okay. And just, um, just see it, just see it, like it's coming up, like yeah, a sort yeah, of but thing. Yeah, but it's not. It's, it, yes, but it's it's not Andrea seeing it. No, no. Okay, you, you're stepping out of your Andrea mind, um, okay. which is just a bunch of feelings and history and stories mm -hmm. and emotions and sensations. I mean, that's that's all Andrea is. It's an artificial intelligence. Um, <laughs> what what you're doing yeah. is you're stepping back to be the noticer of it. So, okay. you know, again, the, the way Ken would explain how you choose the miracle alongside the magic is that you are stepping back to be the noticer with Jesus of the movie about a body that's sick, mm -hmm. that's going to doctors, that's taking medicine, that's yeah. getting better, yeah. that's not. Mm -hmm. And you're in the cinema with Jesus going, yeah, but what does that have to do with being Jesus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's how you choose. So in other words, you, you're... 
you know, you do all the things normal people do, but you're in the cinema with Jesus knowing it's all made up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and just watching it like what, yeah, watching yeah. a movie and the and the upset in that is what we spoke about the other day, being the um, the back backing track almost that responds to. Yeah. So in, in, in terms of being, yeah, in terms of being in the cinema with Jesus, you know, what's coming in through your eyes is the is the movie. And mm -hmm. uh, the backing track is the insane voice talking to itself, commentating on it, and the guilt yeah. getting stirred up in response to it. And you're, you, okay. you're behind all of that with Jesus. You're noticing just it all happening. Thing. And you're just, just allowing it to release. Once you don't go, this fear is because of my sickness. Once you don't do that and you go, look, here's, thank God, Here's my fear of God coming up. Um, yeah. And I'm just I'm, I'm just going to let this clear now. All I have to do is is not project it onto my body or the sickness. Okay, perfect. Thank you for that. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's great. I mean, I know you're saying these things over and over again. So really, really appreciate that. Yeah, no, repetition is essential. Um, yeah. uh, let's just read something. I, I know I did it in somewhere recently, but... Um, Let's do it just because this idea of I'll pass it over to the Holy Spirit. Um, mm. What you want to pass over to the Holy Spirit is whatever happens to your body. That's what you want to give over to the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, that I can do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost surrendering it. It's, and it's like that thing of yeah, your will, whatever it is, um, just let it be. Um, I give it over to you. Yeah, so... Again, this is from chapter 14, um, section 7, paragraph 6. The Holy Spirit asks of you but this. Now, but this means nothing but this. There is nothing else. This is it. This is your forgiveness process. This is your healing process. The Holy Spirit doesn't ask anything of you except this. Bring to him every secret you have locked away from him. Open every door to him and bid him enter the darkness and lighten it away. At your request, he enters gladly. He brings the light to darkness if you make the darkness open to him. But what you hide, he cannot look upon. He sees for you, and unless you look with him, he cannot see. Now that's the crucial, crucial part, okay? So what we want to do is we want to step back where the Holy Spirit is. We want to be step out of our insane mind talking to itself identity and body identity and step back to being the noticer of the insane voice talking to itself and the body and the guilt that's coming up. All right. Um, yeah. And that's how we look with the Holy Spirit. We go where he is and then we look on what's happening, the experience that's going on in our wrong mind. That's what we do, right? And that's all he asks us to do. And that's what it means. Unless you look at him, he cannot look. So you've got to do that. You've got to go where he is. And he's got to see through your eyes. Um, the vision of Christ is not for him alone, but for him with you. Bring, therefore, all your dark and secret thoughts to him. And look upon them with him. Look upon them with him. Um, he holds the light and you the darkness. Okay, so you're bringing the darkness, right? So you go to where he is and you look at your darkness. You don't fight it. You don't try and fix it. You don't try and shout it down. You let, you let the fear be there. You don't touch it. Okay. He holds the light and you the darkness. 
and they cannot coexist when both of you together look on them. His judgment must prevail, and he will give it to you as you join your perception to his. Now, again, joining your perception to his means you accepting that you're not the body and its emotions and its insane voice talking to itself, that you are what is with Jesus. Now, it can take some time for the fear to diminish, for us to let go of that identification mm -hmm. uh, with the ego crazy. But when we fall back and we go uh, and we stake our, you know, we put our flag in the ground and go, I am this, I am spirit. Um, you know, that's where Jesus is saying they cannot coexist. Once you've done that, um, that's a place where there are no problems. Yeah. I remember you saying um, that you do this, like, I don't know if it was hundreds of times a day. So I've really, really been focusing on that. And it really is like many, 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 many times a day. It's like continuous. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, does it, does it ever, does it sort of become less over time where you're... You will spend more time as the noticer um mm. which doesn't mean there's no crazy voice in your head but you're not identifying with it you're not taking it seriously you're mm. not certainly not believing it um and so the time you will spend as the noticer with the holy spirit uh, will increase but no your day is still the the guilt in your mind will make you afraid of the light so you'll disidentify as an observer you'll go to the yeah. crazy voice in your head and you'll get lost in it and a spiritually unconscious in it and your guilt will come up and you'll see it projected out in the world because you'll be irritated and annoyed and angry and you go ah i'm back in my wrong mind i think i'm the insane voice talking to itself let me go back to jesus let me fall back um yeah. so so until there's no guilt in your mind that's that's your that's your task it's wash rinse yeah. repeat yeah. But but again, yeah. you, you don't want to make your goal that you stay all the time with the Holy Spirit. That's that's that, that's the ultimate goal, but that's an unrealistic goal, right? <laughs> your goal is that you notice instantly when discomfort arises in you and go, ah, I'm in my wrong mind. Let me fall back. That's your only goal. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> so have we reached a natural conclusion on time, Eli? <laughs> Well, um, we do have one more one in the more. chat okay. that we can deal with. So it's from Lucia. Uh, Keith, any tips for knowing when as a medical provider, after identifying with Holy Spirit, that it is the Holy Spirit guiding one's actions and practice? I, I think when that happens, there is a knowingness that's with it. There's a knowingness. There's a there's a different quality to it. Um, the, the, that thought, whatever it is, would be um, would be peaceful, mm. even if it's like I need to do this to save someone's life. Um, again, if that was coming in as a as an intuitive thing, as a, as a guidance thing, it would be peaceful. You would just know what needs to be done and you would do it. Um, it you know, if there's fear present, then it might be more something from your ego, which might be right in the medical context. But just if you're asking me, what does guidance feel like? There's there's a kind of like a knowingness and a, and, and a kind of like a, a peace that comes in with it. It, it, it feels subtly different, but different. Um, 
I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah, the reply says, was, I get it. Okay, <laughs> good. Um, so I think you've helped. <laughs> yeah, because there would kind of be a sense of the stately calm as well as whatever the guidance was. Um, yeah, so I'm glad that makes sense. All right, guys, we've actually reached a natural conclusion on time, which has happened on occasion, but rarely. Um, so thank you very much for everyone's attention. And um, I wish you a lovely Sunday, uh, whatever it is that you're up to. Um, whatever you do, um, notice, notice it with Jesus. Fall back. Whenever you notice discomfort inside of you, fall back. The, 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 the discomfort is there to tell you that you're in your wrong mind. Fall back. And that just means noticing the world coming in through your eyes and your feelings that are coming up in response to it um, and and the insane voice in your head trying to manage it. Just fall back and, and, and notice it. And, um, and every time you have an irritation or an upset or a judgment, um, take back your projection and allow the fireworks inside of you. Um, you, you see... The brother you were judging is innocent. You've taken the guilt off him. You understand it's your own. And you you fall back and you look, you look with Jesus um, until that until that gets taken away. And you look, you wait, you judge not. Don't touch it. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> Don't touch it. Um, you want to let it release. Uh, you just don't want to project it by um by insisting that it is your brother's fault or it is the world's fault or it is because your body is sick or anything like that. But whatever your emotions are coming up, that's what was already inside of you um, before you thought you were a body. Thanks a million, guys. Uh, we'll catch up with the group and we'll do it all again next week. Cheers.